For the fans in the Midwest, but heard coast to coast. The ones that bleed red and yellow. This is the Another Screenplay Chiefs Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Another Screenplay Chiefs Podcast. In this case, your Red Friday episode. Please excuse my voice as I am still dealing with allergies because the Missouri weather just cannot decide if it wants to be up or down. So I'll be, I got a little bit of a scratchy throat, a little bit of cough, so bear with me here. But I wanted to go back over. I didn't get to record yes, for yesterday, and uh, I want to go over a little more of the game. I want to talk about some of the power rankings, AFC West, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Redskins coming up on Monday Night Football. So to start off, the Chiefs game on Sunday against the Los Angeles Chargers almost slipped up there. Uh, it, going back over on the All-22 film, film really did not change any of my opinions on what I had saw on Sunday. And a lot of that was the fact that it looked like the 2016 Chiefs. And I got a lot of uh, argument on that. And a lot of that was from people that will do anything to make excuses for Alex Smith. And I, I said last episode that I wasn't trying to bash Alex Smith. I was stating the fact that not only Alex Smith, but the rest of the offense and just the team in general reminded me of the 2016 Kansas City Chiefs. And in the sense that the team relied way too much on the defense and it's going to happen in games. And there's, there's going to be games throughout the season where one side of the football carries the other side. It's how it goes. There's going to be games that way. And the problem is, is that was primarily the factor in 2016. There was way too many games where the offense just could not get anything going out of the fir- outside of the first two drives and maybe the last drive. And the defense was expected to hold a lead for three quarters. And we saw that again on Sunday. And more more so of a half, I guess. But the Chiefs scored on all three interceptions by Phillip Rivers. Um, and they went into half going in 17-10 lead. And when we came into the second half, I was expecting, you know, what we saw in the first half. You know, Alex Smith wasn't doing anything spectacular uh, but the Chiefs offense was getting something going and they were getting down even if even though it was short field since the interceptions, they were still getting it done. But it took till the two minute warning of the fourth quarter for either team to score again. And a lot of that had to do with the offense looking like 2016. It looked slow. It looked like They couldn't get anything going. The offensive line was struggling. Uh, Alex Smith was struggling with the pressure that he got. Um, I saw, I've seen a lot of you post the uh, PFF stat line of Alex Smith under pressure, and it shows like his completion percentage. But my problem is not when he throws it, it's when he doesn't because he's under pressure. There's too many times that we see him where his eyes go down too quickly or he gets happy feet and tries to get away from the pressure but when he has a second to throw um 
we saw a couple of those. We saw him throw to the check down when he still had time to hit someone downfield. And if you follow uh, Baldinger on Twitter, he did a great little uh, video of this showing um, whenever Alex Smith threw to the check down when it was DeAnthony Thomas, I think he picked up something like 14 yards, which is fine. You know, first down, great, whatever. Chris Conley was wide open downfield. Possible touchdown. And for everybody that's sitting here saying this is a brand new Alex Smith, a uh, better Alex Smith, this is an Alex Smith tendency. He will see, he will get a little bit of pressure in his face after he's had pressure all game, and he will hit the check down instead of going for a wide open or even looking for someone else down the field. He, he, he gets in panic mode. And I have been saying that this is going to happen since before the season. And I've said that Alex Smith is not going to just all of a sudden change and be this completely different quarterback, be, basically be an Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be Alex Smith. Okay. It's not like he's only been in the league for a couple of years and he can change his play style. He's, he is a veteran. He has been in the league for, I, th- I think this is his 13th year in the league. And he's not just going to completely change how he plays football. We know who Alex Smith is. And when Alex Smith is under pressure, especially when it's multiple times throughout the game and a consistent thing, he is going to go for the check down. He is going to get uh, happy feet. He is going to bring his eyes down and tuck the ball in. And I don't think that all five of those sacks should have been sacks. I think that there was two or three at least that he could have gotten in a way and thrown the ball or not even just getting away, but throwing the ball instead of tucking it. So that's one of my problems. And everybody wants to, like I said, give excuses for Alex Smith and say that, oh, well, you know, his offensive line didn't do him any good. Yeah, the offensive line did struggle. And a lot of Andy's play calling was conservative. So you can blame some of that on both of those factors. But you also have to blame Alex Smith. Just like on, like I said on that D'Anthony Thomas check down. He had Chris Conley wide open in the middle of the field for a possible touchdown. That is my issue. And... You know, we we saw we've seen a a kind of digression from Alex Smith since week one. We saw week one where Alex Smith was lights out, great football game. I had nothing to complain about, but he had almost no pressure. The offensive line did fantastic against a struggling New England Patriots front seven. And week two, we saw him go against one of the best defensive lines in the league when Philadelphia came to Kansas City. And we still saw him throw the ball deep for, I think I think he had three shots. He had one to Travis Kelsey in the first one. He had the one where he missed Tyreek Hill, and then the Chris Conley down the sideline in the fourth quarter. And against the Chargers, he had two. And I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't expecting him to go deep. And I read an article... Uh, by Seth Kaiser over on Arrowhead Pride, 
and he he charts all of Alex Smith's throws, and uh, he came away saying that he had seven great quarterback, you know, franchise quarterback throws against the Patriots. He had five against the Eagles, and only two against the Chargers. In fact, to show what I mean when when I say that the play calling, basically Andy Reid and Alex Smith was conservative, was 86% of Smith's throws against the Chargers were for five yards or less. Five yards in the air from the line of scrimmage. That is a career high for Alex Smith. And, you know, it, it's... I expect him to take a couple more deep shots down the field this year. I didn't expect it as much in this game with this much pressure, but it, like I said, he was under less pressure than he was against Philly. And I wanted to see Alex Smith make plays. I want to see I want to see him pick up his team and drive and win a game. I want to see him pick his team up on his back and carry them to a victory. And we did not see that. We saw Kareem Hunt lead you to a victory. We saw uh, the defense lead you to a victory. We did not see Alex Smith. And this is exactly what I'm saying whenever I tell you that Alex Smith is not that kind of quarterback. Alex Smith needs everything right around him. He needs great protection. Not even just great, but good protection. He needs for his receivers and his tight ends to be having a good game, for him to have a good game. When all of that is not doing well, Alex Smith doesn't do well. Now, I'm not saying he had a terrible game, but he didn't do anything great either. In fact, I wouldn't even say that, I I would say he had a just average game. And I'm not the only person that thinks this. And I I was starting to think that I was when I got some of your guys's, kind of backlash about what I said with the, you know, 2016 looking offense. Uh, but not only did I say this after, you know, I recorded this on Monday, but I went back and I've read articles. I've listened to other podcasts. Seth Kaiser on Arrowhead Pride said the same thing. Joshua Briscoe on ESPN Kansas City, same thing. The guys over on Locked On Chiefs, same thing. I am not the only person that saw the 2016 Chiefs on Sunday. And I feel like ever since week one, going from week one to week two, from week two to week three, we're getting closer and closer back to the 2016 Chiefs. And that's something that concerns me. And I find it funny because after the Patriots game, I got I told you I had a uh, tweet as, like telling me that they think that I owe Alex Smith an apology. That was after one game. Okay, so is it fair for me to say that you owe me an apology? Because after you, what you would say, one game or even two, but we'll just we'll just say the Chargers. He did everything that I have been saying he will do. He had a complete Alex Smith type game, when not everything is going perfectly for him, and. If, it, you know, whenever you you say that, you know, you make all the excuses, but what, what was the deal 
with the Patriots. So are are we only grading or um, you know looking at Alex Smith film whenever he has great protection? Are we not grading him whenever he he has pressure in his face? You're gonna be graded every game, and I gave Alex Smith credit for the week one game. I gave him good credit for week two. I said there was a couple things that I wish he would have done, but overall, he had a good game. Excuse my dogs. But week three, he didn't really do anything. So where where do you go when you say that Alex Smith had a great game, but then make excuses when he has a bad game? There, It's still a game. So... You have to grade on the same level. And like I said, I gave him some credit. His offensive line was struggling both of the last two weeks. But he still looked better against the Eagles, who I think gave him more pressure, who have a better front seven than the Los Angeles Chargers. So I I guess what I'm saying is I, I don't understand... You know, like I said, I'm not saying that he's a terrible quarterback. I think he's an above average quarterback. But I still do not see him winning us a Super Bowl. I still do not see the consistency. We we saw we've seen a downgrade each week of Alex Smith and the offense. And so I will not apologize for what I've said about Alex Smith. And, you know, when, when, when you talk about, you know, I talk about, you know, him, you know, throwing the ball a few times more this year, that's not asking much. In fact, since Smith has been in Kansas City, so since 2013 through, through, yeah, through 2016, the Chiefs have thrown for the fewest deep passes in the league at 55 The next lowest team is the Cowboys, who threw 75 deep throws, which are balls thrown for 20-plus yards in the air. So it's not like I'm just making this up saying that Alex Smith can't. I know he can. We've seen him do it. He just doesn't. He doesn't like to. He needs that, that extra space. You know where he had extra space? Chris Conley when he decided to throw the check down. That's what I'm talking about. And we have it, the consistency is exactly why I'm not on that bandwagon. And it's everything that I have stated before. We have not seen not just Alex Smith, but the offense be consistent. It is downgrade each week. And I did, I expected it to downgrade after that Patriots game. But the game against the Chargers was very much struggling. In fact, until the fourth quarter, halfway through the fourth quarter, Kareem Hunt only had 88 of his yards of his 172. He didn't break off that 69-yard touchdown till the two-minute warning to finally seal the game. We're still seeing a Chiefs offense come out looking really strong, 
and scoring on the first two drives, looking great in plays that they already had scripted, and then waiting to the last drive to really do anything else. So that is why I guess that I say that, you know, the the 2016 Chiefs, uh, you know, tons of screen plays, tons of uh, throws in the flat or check downs, missed opportunities due to happy feet or pressure, less risky throws. I don't, I don't feel like I'm being unfair. I feel like I'm just stating the facts. So I don't apologize. I think that everything I've said has been facts. And I still think that Alex Smith is a good quarterback, but I don't see him winning a Super Bowl unless he can consistently play like he did against New England. But as we have seen, he needs excellent pass coverage he needs great blocking in front of him he needs no pressure in his face well I'm sorry to tell you but not only during the regular season are we going to see a lot more good pass rushing teams but when you get to the postseason they usually have pretty good pass rushers so something to keep an eye on as we go further into the season uh, it's something to keep an eye on against the Redskins who like to blitz and be aggressive. Uh, so we'll, we'll definitely see where that goes. Um, there's a couple kind of fun statistics I want to point out to you guys that I've noticed. Um, Kareem Hunt continues his 50-plus yard play for three straight weeks for a score. Um Tyreek Hill actually just ended his streak of 50-plus yard uh, scoring plays. In fact, that dated back all the way. I think the last one that uh, Tyreek Hill didn't score a 50-plus yard touchdown in a regular season game was against the Bucks. So, was that, eight or nine straight games? And that includes the kick returns and punt returns. But that's still a ridiculous stat line. And... The fact that Kareem Hunt broke off his 69-yard touchdown still keeps that streak going of the Chiefs' offense scoring a 50-plus-yard touchdown. So I think that adds up to about 12, no, 9? I think it's 9. So something that is positive. Um, one thing I want to talk about with Kareem Hunt is how many carries is an okay amount for Kareem Hunt? I know I talked to you guys about how I didn't want him seeing be, or being used as a bell cow back. I don't want him getting the full load and running for 20 you know rushes a game. I think that that's a good way to get him hurt. I think that he'll be uh, slowing down by the end of the season. Now, I could be wrong. We saw Jamal Charles do it. In fact, Andy Reid made a comment about how he's been through this with Jamal. So week to week, he will know how much he can use him. But I still want to see another back get in there and split the carries with Kareem Hunt. Maybe that will be Akeem Hunt. Maybe we will see him this week as he's had time to learn the playbook. But Charkendrick West is not doing it. And we've seen him get a few carries each game. 
and uh, at least the last two, and it's just not going anywhere. I mean, I think he's an okay third down back. I think that he's a good receiving back, uh, good blocking, pass blocking back, but rushing, he's just not getting the job done. And so maybe maybe Akeem Hunt will be that guy. I'd love to see that be the case. So that's that's something to look uh, for in the Monday night game against the Redskins to see if Kareem Hunt will be sharing the load more than you know getting like ninety percent of it. Um, another thing I wanted to point out: no, Kelsey was not being punished. Uh, I talked about this on the Tuesday podcast. I said maybe I don't know. I hadn't had a chance to look at the All Twenty Two film, but there were multiple plays when Alex Smith was getting sacked that Travis Kelsey was breaking open. And there was at least one of those that Alex Smith could have hit him, but he tucked too early. And he took the sack. So I don't think that he was being punished. I don't think that he was out of the game plan. I think that on the plays that he did come open were the plays that the Chargers did really well in getting to Alex Smith and getting in his head. So that that's one thing um, I got asked on a lot over the week, and I do not think that he was being punished. Um, but overall, we saw the Chiefs have a, a bad game, at least offensively. And we can still say that they came out winning, even while having a bad game. And... I think I gave a little more credit to the secondary than a lot of people have. Uh, a lot of people are still pretty furious with the uh, how the secondary is performing. I thought they had a pretty good game. Um, you know, Philip Rivers being held to 230-some yards, that's an okay day in my book. That's actually a really good day in my book. I think that that's a good game. Uh, I think that the Chargers had a really bad game. I think that everybody in the division had a bad game this last weekend, but the Chiefs were the only ones that were able to come out with a victory. The Broncos lost to the Buffalo Bills, who are fire sailing and getting rid of everybody that is any good on their team. They lost to the Bills. The Raiders came out on uh, Sunday Night Football looking like complete garbage tripping over themselves, losing to the Redskins. So while, yes, the Chiefs had a bad game, you're going to have bad games every season. But they were still able to come out with a victory in that bad game. Now, the question is, can they turn it around and beat the Redskins on Monday Night Football? That is something that intrigues me. Like I said earlier, the Redskins love to blitz. They love to play very aggressive defense. And... One of the uh, there's two key signings that the Redskins picked up over the offseason. Of course, they dropped two of their 1,000 yard receivers in Sean Jackson and Pierre Garcon. But they picked up Terrell Pryor from uh, the Cleveland Browns. And so you'll have Terrell Pryor, you'll have uh, Josh Doxson, who's starting to come up. Um, and then you will see if Jordan Reed, their tight end, is healthy. He did not play against the Raiders on Sunday night, but he is practicing, so we will see if he is able to step up and play in this game. If so, that is a very big weapon for uh, Kirk Cousins. 
and someone I'll be keeping my eye on. Um, but the on defense, the two key players that I keep an eye on are their new safety, DJ Swearinger, very hard hitter, and likes to play up. And then you have Josh Norman. Those are my two key focuses. You have Kerrigan at linebacker or defensive end. Um, but I think that those are your two key players to keep an eye on, and especially Josh Norman, who likes to run his mouth. Uh, ran his mouth quite a bit after the Raiders game. But on, on that defense, Gruden already stated that they've circled Kareem Hunt in their game plan. So we will see what Kareem Hunt can really do against this Redskins defense who is game planning for him. And I think that the Redskins are going to play and force Alex Smith to beat them in the passing game. And I still think that Kareem Hunt can have a really good game. I don't think he's going to break off for 172 yards, but I think that he can still have a good game. But I think that Alex Smith and this offense will have to find a way without just Kareem Hunt. I think that Alex Smith, who is going to be under pressure, like I said, they like to blitz and play aggressive, but it's still not the Eagles or Chargers pass rush. So we will see how much pressure is Alex Smith under, how he does under that pressure. Does he step up this game on Monday night? In fact, they need to win this game. On Monday Night Football, they want the respect of the nation. You're playing under big lights. You want the respect of the nation. I know all of you fans are out there mad as hell about the power rankings, that the Chiefs aren't number one, that some of them have the Patriots over the Chiefs, even though the Chiefs beat the Patriots, stuff like that. If you want to solidify your argument, the Chiefs have to win on Monday Night Football with all eyes on them. We have to see Alex Smith get closer back to that, you know, somewhere in between the Eagles and Patriots showing. We can't see another Chargers showing or we will lose this game. Kirk Cousins, I don't see him throwing three interceptions in the first, you know, quarter and a half. I don't see that happening. And I see their offense being able to do a little bit more than what the San Diego, or God, Los Angeles Chargers did. That will be something to keep an eye on. One thing that I think would help would be is Bob Sutton letting Justin Houston rush the passer more. I don't know if D Ford will play. He did not practice today as I'm recording this on Thursday night. Still sore in his lower back. Even if he does play, I'm sure he will be limited. And you can't just go out there with Justin Houston and Frank Zombo. So we could see Tano Passigno on some more snaps. We saw only two snaps of him on Sunday. But we could see more of him. That would be interesting. I told you about writing that article before the Chargers game, how it's time to bring the pressure. Once again, Sutton did not read my article. Therefore... We were dropping eight most of the game. And I just finished up writing an article on how I think our defensive line has actually been underrated by fans. I think that a lot of people are complaining 
about the, uh, you know, pressure, you know, pass rush and the run blocking or run to run defense. But I think they have done better than a lot of you give them credit for. I've gone back and looked at each of them individually and as a unit, and they've done a lot better than a lot of people are giving them credit for. You got you, you can't expect for rushing three almost every down for them to get consistent pressure on the quarterback. It's just not going to happen. At least two of those guys are going to be, you know, double double teamed. But they're still getting back there. And we've seen when Bob Sutton does finally let the the dogs go and let Justin Houston and D Ford and sometimes Daniel Sorensen go after the quarterback. We've seen excellent things. We had six sacks against the Eagles. I don't understand this conservative play calling on both sides of the field. Especially on the defense. On the offense, I expected a little bit. I, I, I'm just accustomed to it, I guess. Since Alex Smith and Andy Reid have come to town, that's what it's been. But on defense, I, I, I don't understand it. It's not working. It's not helping. Let Justin Houston do what he does best. I'm not saying every down, but good lord. It's been awful. It's been a very slow start for Bob Sutton and his play calling and being aggressive. And it's really frustrating. But it's, de- it's definitely another thing to watch. Uh, I think that they are going to have to get after Kirk Cousins if they're going to win this game. I think that the Redskins have a pretty good offense, even losing those two receivers. I think that they can do some damage. But we have to quit just dropping eight. And another thing we have to quit doing is the penalties. I mean, you have 10 to 12 penalties a game. I don't know how we're 3-0. and it, 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 it blows my mind. I mean, and that's that's part of what's hurting Alex Smith. Like, not only the play calling on... 3rd and 15 or 3rd and 20. Throwing out routes. Screens. You know, just little behind the line of scrimmage stuff. That's not helping him. That's Andy Reid. But the fact that the offensive line is getting so many penalties where it's constantly 2nd and 20, 3rd and 20. It's really making it hard for Alex Smith to succeed. But... They, he still should be able to show us something better than what he did on Sunday. So, not only on the offensive side, but the defensive side, the pass interference calls, it's got to stop. The holding downfield, the um, unsportsmanlike conducts from both sides of the ball. Andy Reid needs to get the locker room under control and stop the penalties if we are going to continue winning games, especially on Monday Night Football. So some some guys to kind of keep an eye on 
from the Redskins. Of course, I, I told you about Terrell Pryor. Told you about Jordan Reed. Uh, Chris Thompson, who had a really good game last week. He had 150 receiving yards with just 38 rushing yards against the Raiders. That doesn't surprise me. I still am one of those people beating the drum that the Raiders' defense is crap. I think that a lot of people see a couple pieces, a couple rookies, and think that it's a revamped defense. One of the worst defenses last year. In fact, it ranked worst in multiple categories last year. And I think that it is still a bad defense. I just don't think that they have played really anyone to exploit it. Titans were tripping over themselves in week one. They didn't, they didn't, couldn't get anything going, but that wasn't because the Raiders' defense was so good. And then they played the Jets at home, who is fighting for a number one pick in the 2018 draft. I'm not impressed by either of those wins. And then they go to play in Washington against the Redskins and just get obliterated. So I am not, I'm still not that impressed by this Raiders team. I think that they are a contender, especially in the division, but I do not think that they are the best team in football. In fact, I could name you many teams that I think, at least a handful of teams that I think have better opportunities of winning the Super Bowl than the Raiders, including the Kansas City Chiefs under Alex Smith. So... Josh Doxson, uh, another receiver that will probably be going up against Terrence Mitchell uh, the night. That's a guy to keep an eye on who's starting to come up and have some bigger plays. Um, I told you about Ford. I don't know if he'll play. We'll, we, we'll see K-Pass if he plays more reps. We'll, talk, we'll see if Akeem Hunt will play a bigger role this week, play in the offense, actually. But... You have the number one rushing offense going against the number two rushing defense. That's something that is going to be really interesting come Monday night. Like I said, I think that Kareem Hunt can have a good game. But I think that the offense is going to have to be able to do more than just rush the ball. And Alex Smith is going to have to have more than 155 yards of passing. You're going to have to get Travis Kelsey the ball. You're going to have to get Tyreek Hill the ball. You're going to have to throw intermediate and deep routes to open up that defense. When the Redskins say that they are planning to circle around Kareem Hunt, that means they're probably going to bring an extra guy into the box. So all of this short stuff is not going to work. At least it's going to be a lot harder for it to work. You're going to have to open up the field. You're going to have to force that extra man back for this offense to have a good day for this team to win. Enough with relying on the defense to not let a team score for a whole half. It's great that they can do that, but I'm tired of relying on it. We'll see how this game goes, and you know I'll probably record... Uh, Tuesday afternoon and put it out Uh, if I can I'll try and do it after the game on Monday night but those are things that I think need to happen for the for Kansas City to come out with another win and 
make their all-time record against the Redskins 9-1. and The last time they lost to the Redskins was in 1983. They have completely dominated the Redskins, and I am hoping that they continue this. Hoping that we see a 4-0 Kansas City Chiefs and stay a lead in the division. If the Kansas City Chiefs lose... And the Broncos beat the Raiders, which I think could very possibly happen. The Ra- the Broncos would take back the lead of the division with a second win in the division. So, to stay at the top of the AFC West, they have to win. For everybody that gets so mad about you know how the nation views uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, how uh, the power rankings rank, rank the Chiefs, and argue that to the grave, you're going to have to win this game. Primetime game, they have a lot of them this year, and you got to win at least most of those to get the respect that you were wanting. But you're also going to have to win in the playoffs to get that same respect. Because just like they talk about with the Bengals, when they were doing really well, they're a regular se- season great team, but can't do anything in the playoffs. Can't can't take that next step. The Chiefs are in that same boat. Yes, they've won one game in the playoffs against Houston Texans, who their quarterback was Brian Hoyer. So those are all things to keep an eye on this weekend. Uh, after the game, make sure you hit up Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Make sure you let me know what your takes and takeaways are from the game. And I will answer all your questions. Uh, I will, you know, put all of my favorite comments on there into the podcast and get you guys involved again once this week, uh, sometime Tuesday. So keep an eye on that. Uh, let's go Kansas City Chiefs. Let's get another victory, make it 4-0. Uh, it's definitely a better uh, 3-0 start so far to this season than it was in 2013. We actually know why we're winning. So, enjoy the game. I know a lot of you guys are going to the game. I wish that I was able to go to this one as well. Uh, I went to the Eagles game, but I will not be at this one. So, I will be at home. Uh, I'll probably get kind of pushed into writing an article for the Tuesday morning on Arrowhead Addict. So, be on the lookout for that because I know a lot of the writers are going to the game. So, I'm sure that I'll be one of the ones that ends up writing an article again for the next morning. Uh If you have not subscribed, wherever you're listening to this, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave a five-star review if you like the podcast. Uh, You know, let me know if it's not where you listen to your normal podcasts. I have not yet heard of one that is not on, but if it is not on your app, I will make sure to get it on there. But if anything, go over to Blog Talk Radio, and you will be able to find the Another Screenplay Chiefs podcast. So enjoy the game. And I will talk to you guys Tuesday.